Just do your best, Kathy. You know what? I do my best all the time. Not really. Not really. (laughs) (laughs) I half-ass it most of the time. (laughs) You strive to be your best at least 3.5.9% of the time. All the time. That's right. That's my motto. Every day. day. 3.9.5% of the points of points in time. If I'm very, very lucky, I hit (laughs) (laughs) 4.0. 4% of the time, Kathy does her best! Oh, little mama, little mama, little mama, Kathy does her best! She does it all the time! Oh, little mama, little mama, little mama, Kathy does her best and she touching her vagina! <laughs> you lie, you lie! I no touch my vagina! <laughs> you touch your vagina! <laughs> Alright, I'll touch my vagina, wait a minute. Okay, I touched my vagina. Did you really? I am, sitting here naked. What? <laughs> I'm not allowed to put clothes on until he lets me. Oh my God, you're going to do totally Kathy Naked Show? I do Kathy Naked Show every time I'm here. What? Didn't you know that? Oh, did I forget to give you that little bit of information? What? <laughs> Don't lose your shit, man. <laughs> you, have, you have denied our listeners the knowledge that you are naked almost every time you are recording the show? I can't believe I never said that little bit that I'm, that's one of the rules here. I can't put on clothes unless he lets me, which he never does, unless we're going what? out. <laughs> oh my God. God damn it. Well, I know sometimes you're like in an apron or something when you're cooking for him or something like that, but I didn't know that you were like free vag in the wind almost every recording. <laughs> Wait a minute. Free vag in the wind, my labia is flapping around in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm free, <laughs> like a seagull, like a Ew. seagull over the horizon, going off of the Malibu cliffs. <laughs> seagull, you fly across Kathy's vagina into the misty morning sun. <laughs> You sound like Elvis. <laughs> that was a really bad version of Bad Company and Elvis combined. <laughs> that was. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. First off, thank you, Headley, for sponsoring the show. Thank you, Perverted Podcast Patreons, for giving us the support that we so desperately need. And thank you to all the pee zombies, zams, zits, pee zombie echoes, and just people that have just wandered wandered into this fucking mayhem of Kathy's wafting, floating vagina. How did I go from flapping to wafting and floating? Well, you know, it's like a magic carp in Pokemon Go. It just kind of flops around sometimes uh, when it's waiting okay. for Dick from Creative Exploder. Hey, Exploder? Creative Exploder? He's an Exploder. Oh my god, that's his new name. Creative Exploder. He's just like, oh my god. Ah! Like a Muppet, like that Muppet that had the, uh, which by the way, we had like 20 listeners uh, let us know that it was uh, Professor Bunsen Honeydew. Bunsen Honeydew. That is the most awesome name ever. Well, if you think about it, I thought about it because obviously he's the scientist, Bunsen Burner, and then his head looks like a honeydew melon. So I'm sure that some 
if it was Jim Henson that actually just looked at it and said, well, science, Bunsen, his head looks like a honey, Bunsen honeydew. There you go. There's your name. Move on. Because <laughs> they didn't have time. <laughs> they had a lot of Muppets to deal with, Kathy. <laughs> There's a, a lot, lot of names fucking, to come up with here. <laughs> a lot of fucking, they got Gonzo and, you know, and, and uh, Animal and Kermit and Piggy and, you know, there's like hundreds of them. I'm That's sure true. eventually it got kind of old, and when it was new, it's like, okay, fine, your your name's Sam. I'm sure there's like 18 different Muppets in the background that just have like these normal names. Fred. Okay. Kathy, goddammit, let's just start a show. Can okay. we just start a show? Can you yes. just stop interrupting with your with your flying, free, you know, sunset-driven vagina in the wind like a kite oh surfer? God. Okay, that would that would mean that your vagina lips have to be as big as my gargoyle bat wing testicles, which I don't think is the case. I know they're getting there. You know, gravity is really helping helping them along. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Do you like just wrap around creative exploders dick like a ninja? <laughs> <laughs> no, I play <laughs> with them. They're fun. They're nice and big. I get to just totally ooh, just stretch them out. See how far they'll stretch. It's fun. <laughs> Do you ever wrap? Do you ever like roll them inside? Try to make like little jelly rolls with them. No, I twist them to see how many times I can twist them around. <laughs> Is it like an oak tree? It's like every year you get one more twist out of them. That's exactly it. You're like, I got 52 twists. It's just like looks like some weird like like you ever stick hair in a toilet bowl and then flush it. It's called a whirly. Oh my god. How do I you did have, that to how a listener. Do you know this stuff. Well, I did it to a listener uh, when I was at DJ on K Rock. I was on with Sluggo. It was his show, and uh, and we were giving away like some badass tickets, like Nine Inch Nails tickets or whatever. And so we said, "Hey, if you come over and let Boogie put your head in a toilet bowl and give you a whirly, we'll give you the tickets." And and a waitress from the restaurant downstairs was like, "Yeah, right here." Wow! <laughs> I literally. I have pictures of it somewhere. I have like a picture of it somewhere where I literally just said, okay. And I dragged a microphone like 80 feet into the bathroom and put her head in the toilet bowl. This was long before kink. And I'm sure that was not the healthiest thing to do, but she got to go see nine inch nails. So she was like, fuck it. <laughs> Let's start a show, Kathy. Okay. <laughs> the following show is for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. And if you don't like it, Please go fuck yourself. One, two, three, four! Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? Scared that your desires might be strange? Come and join the kinky world of play. Hello and welcome to Perverted Podcast, the show where we explore the adventures of the kinky lifestyle, sex, and perversion. Recording live once again through Zencaster, who has decided to smile down on us because everything is going good so far. You had to say that. You had to fucking say that. <laughs> did I Did I tempt the Zencaster god? All of a sudden, it's literally just going to go... <laughs> <laughs> I, I am Count Boogie, and yes, Kathy and I are very giddy because there's been more sex... And more activity, and more love, and more freedom, and flying vaginas. Flying vagina. Although, I'll tell you, last night I totally fucked up my neck giving Mr. Man another fucking pre-bed blowjob. <laughs> a nighty-night job? It's a nighty-night job. Apparently, I'm supposed to give him his penis attention as much as I can because, you know what? I'm it gets so lonely. I'm hearing of his penis. I do care. 
my vagina gets lonely. I don't talk about it all the time. <laughs> He's like, it's a sad penis. Look at that, Kathy. And then he makes the urethra talk. Kathy. Uh, <laughs> Kathy, I'm lonely. <laughs> I'm so lonely. I'm bored. <laughs> <laughs> do you all that? Oh yeah, we no, talked about that. You yes, do- it's got a it's got a voice. It's I am creative explorer's penis. <laughs> Here I sit. You must you must jack me off <laughs> because I have to have some fun. You know, everything is about his penis. So last week we're in bed and he's all put your hand on my cock and I'm like, God damn it, I can't even cuddle without having to put my hand on his penis. And I just go on this whole rant about how I'm sick and tired of hearing of his penis and penis is a penis said. And, and then there's silence and he goes, so what time is it? I'm like, I don't know. When you ask your penis, it knows so much, apparently. <laughs> so for, I'm like, it's like that. It's like that freaking Siri, what time is it? Or Alexa, what time is it? <laughs> penis. <laughs> what time is it? So all day long, I'm like, what, I wonder what it's like outside. Penis? What's the weather like outside? <laughs> there are alto cumulus clouds, <laughs> <It's crazy. laughs> creating a partly cloudy atmosphere. <laughs> Barometric pressure is <laughs> humidity sixteen percent, and the temperature is currently eighty-five degrees. Oh all right, I've had enough about his penis. Let's stop talking about his stupid penis. See now we're see he's got you addicted. Now you're addicted to talking about his dick. You say you're sick of talking about it, but you're now his penis is still in the front and center of everybody's life now. Now all of Perverted Podcast is talking about Creative Explorer's penis. It's because I need to just, you know, clue some clue the listeners into my misery here. <laughs> Isn't that really misery? But damn, I'm sick and tired of hearing that freaking thing. That organ, but, that thing. Well, did he stick it in you at least? No, because it was late and we wanted to watch Mr. Robot on Netflix. And then I got tired <laughs> and I just went to bed. <laughs> damn it. I'm telling you, it's all about his penis. Forget my vagina. <laughs> it's kind of like, because I had, uh, it was Mew's birthday uh, on on whatever day that was. And so I got to go and spend the night over there. And it was, Kathy, it was so funny because we talked about this before. You know, the last week we had a great kinky scene and it was wonderful. And there were some marks that were left over and she really loves that. And it was caning and impact. And this week we were like, yeah, we're going to amp that shit up. Mm. It's going on. It's your birthday. We're bringing... You know, the toys, we're bringing all of the accoutrements. Yeah, she's all, this time I want some real marks. And I'm like, okay, we're going to have to go a little hardcore. She's all, yeah. I'm like, yeah. So I get there. She has to pick me up because, you know, I was dropping the car off at the mechanics. So she picks me up, brings me out there. And we got all this stuff. And then she's like, I shaved. And I'm like, yeah, me too. And I like did all this thing. And then, you know, we got, we're ready. And she's like, hey, you know, maybe you'll go down on me. Which, remember, you and I talked about this. Mm-hmm. Both Mew and Bunny and a lot of my recent partners, they're not very oral recipient. Huh. Like, I used to be a big pussy eater. But um, they're just like, no, I, I want the dick. You know, I'm here for the D. I got girls if I want them to lick my pussy or I don't know, whatever. 
but it's not. But she, every now and again, she'll be like, you know, I shaved it, everything. Maybe, you know, it's my birthday. You could go down on me. And I'm like, right there. Sure thing. No problem, Missy. I'm here ready to be a birthday supporter. So, <laughs> you're, like, and you're three, such a generous guy. <laughs> I am. I am a giver. It's true. So I'm there. Sure enough, I get there. What happens? Here's all the toys. The toys are in a bag. I put down the bag of toys. We're like, Rawr! it's just straight dick into vagina. Hitachi, come, come, come. She's like, oh, and I'm like, okay. Now remember, you were, I'm going to go down on you. And she's like, okay, maybe later. But right now, I want to go play <laughs> Dofus. I'm like, happy birthday, Mew. So, because I'm like, you want to go out for a walk? You want, you know, because things are still closed. Normally, she gets like her favorite sushi place on her right. birthday. But I called all the places that she likes, and they're all still closed for right now. So, before she moves, I'd like to take her to, you know, sushi. So, uh, that wasn't going to happen. So I'm like, okay, she wants stir fry because she loves the pad thai stir fry thing that I make and and whatever. It's really good. So so she just goes straight to Dofus and playing video games. And I'm like, okay, honey, it's your birthday. You let me know. And we set like a little orgasm goal for six, which we beat, which was great. And the toys are there. And I'm like, you let me know when you want to play. It's your birthday. You're the birthday girl. And she's like, okay, daddy. And then... <laughs> Like some hours go by and then there's like a moment where it's like grr happens and then right back to fucking fuck 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 grab grab scratch grab 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 come 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 and ah that was great daddy i'm gonna go back to dofus back to dofus what couch like so our and i'm like you know just let me know just let me know. I'm going to go down. Let's just get in the shower and I'll lay you down. No, I just want to, you know, but so like every time we got turned on, it just went straight to some hard fucking for a few minutes. She comes a couple <laughs> times and then she's like, I'm hungry. Can you make me the stir fry now? Make her the stir fry <laughs> back to the computer for video games. <laughs> But so, what kind of a dominant are you? Just no, I tell say, her what she was, has to do. Said, well, it's her birthday. I'm not going to be like, obey. It's her birthday, you know. And, but she's like, I was just horny all day and just wanted to finish this ice avatar thing with groups of people. And so literally all the plans for kink and stuff like that, the bag just sat there. And she's like, <laughs> I just wanted to get fucked all day. You know, like play video games, fuck me, let me come a couple times, cook for me, let me. Yeah, it's it's your birthday. That's like the saddest kink bag ever. It just sits usually, it doesn't it get, get used. <laughs> it's like, hi, leather paddle here. Um, I've been talking with the the crop and the handcuffs, <laughs> and uh, and we've you know just been hanging out. Just wanted you to know, yay, <laughs> go ready to go. And uh, whenever you're ready. And like every couple hours I'd look and then all of a sudden crop would lean out the bag and be like, uh, hey, um, I'm a crop. Uh, I know I don't have the dominatrix disciplinary voice because that's a stereotype and, and I don't I don't relate to that. But um, I was talking with Paddle and uh, I thought you guys were going to be doing some sort of thing. Just let me know. <laughs> we're like over here. Get you got going <laughs> So we just fucked a lot. 
which well, is fun. you know, that's not a bad thing. There are tons of couples listening to this going, oh, Sophia, I feel so bad for you, Boogie. All you did was fuck. Oh, poor man. He just got a lot of I, fucking going on. I, I don't feel bad at all, but it's just funny how you set out to do yeah. all this crazy wild stuff. And it's like, you know, just, just sometimes just you got to just fuck a lot. Yeah, I mean, I get that it, when you go to a party and you, you're set, you're, uh, you've set up your uh, di- play date and you've made all the plans, chances are pretty good you're going to follow through on it. But when you're in a more long-term relationship, the amount of times where you plan shit and it doesn't actually work is astounding to me. I never would have realized. It's a much higher percentage. <laughs> yes, because then you're like, you're so comfortable with each other and you're like, can't we just lie in bed and watch Netflix? <laughs> You're like, all right, pumpkin, put on an anime. <laughs> Let's watch Chobits. I can tell that you were with your other lover. Because your mouth smells just like her vagina. Woo-hoo! So listen, I was trolling through ferret stuff and found a post because, you know, the ferret my favorite writer uh, has given us blanket permission. And so I often will troll through all of his writings to see what's going on. And I, I saw a really great polysanity post and thought, we haven't done polysanity in a while. Let's see what this one's about. And he wrote something called, actually, the, the title is funny because I didn't know how to say it. At first, I'm like, I thought that it goes, why should you pay attention to your partner's other lovers? And I thought, no, maybe it's supposed to be said, why should you pay attention to your partner's other lovers? I'll tell you why, motherfucker. I'm like, how the fuck am I going to say this? I don't know how it's meant to say. Where is the emphasis on which word? <laughs> I think once you read the the post, people will understand what the inflection was. Le from inflexioni. The title. Okay, I'll just I'll read the post then because it's a really good polysanity topic. He says, I try to keep up with who my lovers are dating and how things are going with them and their metamors. And for anyone, by the way, who's listening, doesn't know what a metamor is. A metamor is a polyamory term for the, the lover of your lover. So their partners. That effort can be exhausting. And at times like those, I think about that old saying that as long as they come back home safe, what they do when they're out is none of my business. That saying is a school of thought in polyamory, a thought which says you shouldn't have to pay attention to your partner's other partners, that there's a firewall in between what you do when you're with your lover and what they do when they're with their lovers. All that matters is the interaction between the two of you and you can safely ignore the rest. The problem is that I don't think that safely part is entirely true, not in long-term relationships anyway. In the short term, sure, but over years, I think that walling off your partner's experiences with their other partners means that you potentially miss out on the ways your partner is evolving. And evolution can happen rapidly in the world of polyamory, polyamory, particularly when you're just starting out, which leads to a danger where one day you've said, sure, go out and do whatever. And a year later, the person they've become while you've been averting your eyes is someone who doesn't have much in common with you anymore. Because the person you're dating today will probably not be the exact same person a year from now. And if you want to be with that person, knowing what they're evolving into is a significant advantage. Kathy, this was the first time I was able to see a post like this from this point of view. Because now I have a metamor. Mm-hmm. Mew is in a relationship of sorts with her 
ex-boyfriend who transitioned into a woman and now she has after years of them being best friends has now started i mean they're long distance but but she went and spent two weeks with her and Mm -hmm. they started their sexual relationship again which is for me you know the first time i've i've done something like that in our relationship together so this post had a different effect on me and then i also understood that ferret and his partner have a lot of different metamors and have had like full blown relationship this and that. So he's coming from a lot more experience than I have in this. But reading further into the topic, I started to really see this isn't just for Polly. This is not just a Polly thing. This is every relationship. How many relationships end because people feel they have grown apart? And a lot of that is because they don't stay interactive in the changes that come about by regular communication. No, that doesn't sound right. (laughs) What? (laughs) What do you mean that doesn't sound right? It just didn't sound right. The The changes that occur in life that if you don't communicate you're going to miss their evolution, like oh, yeah. Ferret said. Okay, and he, and he gives a lot of great examples, as usual. Ferret uh, writes some long posts. If you get a chance, take a look at it, because he gives examples in his own life, how things happen. And it is absolutely true. This is something that is true in long-term relationships, um, or it doesn't have to be long-term. Everybody's definition of long-term is different. But if you've been in a, in a relationship with someone for two years, and you want to continue being in that relationship, you better damn well know what's going on in their lives. I mean, I don't know too many people who wall themselves off from uh, somebody's place of business and go, I don't want to hear anything about your work. Don't tell me anything. That's a lot of people, Kathy. Not not that, no, but successfully, yeah, sure. Oh, successfully, I'm sorry. You could <laughs> yes, have failure a, a wise. <laughs> Failure-wise, there's a lot of them, yeah. I zoned out on you like you zone out on me, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's, you I was know thinking of your, your totally vagina cool. flying over Malibu cliffs. Hey, 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 my labia flying over the Malibu cliffs. No, it's the whole vag, because what? Two labia, how do they stay together? They got to be attached to the vulva. Oh, my God. That's actually very true. Okay, the labia can stay attached to the vulva and flap over the Malibu coastline. Thank you. Thank, you're welcome. Um, so I was thinking that those kinds of relationships, uh, just in everyday life, even in vanilla relationships where you're not really clued into what's happening with your partner, whether it's their friends, their best friend, their family, their work, their, uh, you know, religious affiliations, if they're very involved in, in, in church or in any kind of other group, you miss a huge chunk of that person's life. And I, although I intuitively, I understand it makes total sense what he's saying. I don't think I ever really looked at it from the point of evolution where he actually gave an example how five years ago, his wife is a completely different person than she is today. And if you close yourself off to what the things are going on in her life, you blink and one second she's this person and the next second she's another. And you're like, where did that happen? Well, I'll tell you, motherfucker, you should pay attention to your partners or lovers because you missed out on all the things that they were discussing and how it changed her or him, how it changed your partner, how they started to think differently, how they started to take into account other things which carried over into your relationship and carried over into the kind of work that they take. I mean, every aspect of our lives 
touches the rest of the aspects. And you're a fool if you think that I think in my opinion is you're a fool. If you think in polyamory, you can close your eyes to your um, committed partners, other metamors and assume that everything is going to be okay. You're uh, you have to get past it. And you know what? Another part of his post that I liked was that he said, it's, it's hard. The reason that a lot of times we say, we don't really need to or want to get involved in what's going on with their metamors. It can be varied because either maybe let's say you don't like them or they don't want anything to do with you or you've got too many partners and I can't get involved in all of them or there are, or it hurts too much because I don't have this whole jealousy thing down. And every time I have to listen to you, how you get together with your partner, it, it kills me a little inside. There are legitimate reasons why you would decide that you don't want to hear it, but you know what? Get the fuck over them. Because if you want a successful long-term relationship in polyamory, you have to deal with those demons. You can't pretend that they're not there. But I totally agree with him. You have to do it. And it doesn't mean you have to go through every sexual detail of what your partner is doing with other partners if the jealousy sex thing is an issue. I know I told Mew, I want to know what's going on with you and your partner um, which I always have. They've been, you know, close friends the entire time that her and I have been together. So I know all of their kind of stories and the things that they're going and the relationships that they've started and some things with that. And I don't mind that. I don't mind that extra amount of knowing a little bit about her partner, even though I'm not together with them or even have much of a relationship other than like, hey, how you doing? Things going good when they're talking on, you know, playing games together. But it's it's so important for me to have that little bit of information because, I mean, in a sense, that's why we're polyamorous is because somebody else can offer things and points of view and amusements that the other partner maybe isn't as interested in. And that's one of the benefits of polyamory is that you can have this kind of dynamic with somebody else and interact and relate on these, these levels. But as far as emotionally, they're going to be learning things about themselves through conversations that they're having with that other partner. And this doesn't necessarily just mean partners. This can also be their best friends, their you know, people they're close to, family members that they're close to. It's like when when Mew is having some sort of thing going on with her mom, it's also important for me to know about that relationship because then I'm going to know what Mew's feelings are. I'm going to know what she thinks about those things. I'm going to learn where I can come in and support her, maybe not in every detail of all of those different conversations, but at least I can stay in the same river with her and we can keep kind of floating down at the same time because it's very easy. If I don't know what's going on with your family, your job, and and in Polly, your other partners, at least to some extent, I'm going to lose you. That's absolutely 100% true if you don't involve yourself in their lives. I mean, you're right. Uh, uh I'm like you, Creative Explorer, and I don't have a lot of partners, especially other partners, especially right now. It's not that we can't, but we have in the past. And um, the same is true. I don't, I didn't always like his partners, but I listened whenever there was stuff going on because that's that's who he is, and I want to know what's happening with him. In the same way that I listen to what's happening when he tells me what's going on with his family members, and he's got issues, and I can see that person evolve into something else. If I didn't know that 
what was happening over the last five years, I, I would have missed out on so much and I don't want to miss out on that. So it does push me that not wanting to miss out, it pushes me to do some things that might be hard, like discuss another partner whom I don't connect with or don't like or, or have issues with. So it's a really great post. Dill's got the moves, wearing motherfucking leather pants. He's the god of information. What have you got for us? Dell! So apparently Dell was a little bit busy putting his little Dell inside of cute little devil's little devil hole, which is awesome and forgivable, but he couldn't do his segment this time around, so we had some stuff from the last time that we're now going to put cross compobolupolation and stuff like that. Dell, why don't you say what's, you know what, just what was dip thing? So in other lands, there was various discussions of if Looney Tunes were kink stereotypes which person in the scene would they be? Oh, okay. I'm with you on this. So you took characters from Looney Tunes and gave them personalities in the in the dungeon kind of thing. Yeah, or like the reverse. Like um, if you think of Pepe Le Pew, it's like, hmm, that, that person that doesn't know boundaries and is very sexual to the, the new players there. He's so he's like the 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 fifty eight year old creeper guy that's like thinks because he has an accent he's gonna come in and all the chicks are gonna want to fuck him. Yeah, and he probably doesn't shower either. So okay, yeah, the pew part, yeah, that, yeah, we've we've I've I've experienced a few of those where you're like, hey, wow, personality and hygiene, demerit, demerit. That's not gonna work for you. Yes, and to pair with that one of, I didn't know this character's name until they pointed out, the cat that Pepe's always following, Penelope Pussycat. Penelope! She's that new sub to the scene who isn't exactly naive, but knows when a predator when they see one, so they try to avoid Pepe. <sighs> Penelope did put in a lot of effort to get the fuck away from Pepe. That is true. That I mean, as creepy as it sounds, I never really thought of it until now because it's been a long time since I watched the cartoons. But that was the most non-consensual attempt at co- just this everything we preach against was Pepe Le Pew going after Penelope. Yes. Do not have Pepe as your mo- model. No. Wow, I just thought of that. That's disturbing. That is, that's a, that's, well, that was a long time ago and just a bad message for kids. I'm glad we got away from that. Yes, um, let, let's lighten the mood. Um, example of Bugs Bunny is that cross-dressing brat who's been around and knows his stuff <laughs> and messes with everyone. Our first, our, I mean, what kid's first exposure to cross-dressing was not Bugs Bunny? Who, I ask you? Maybe people that played Final Fantasy first, and then they saw Cloud in a dress, but mostly Bugs Bunny. Mostly. Well, I'm saying for older people, and then, of course, you know, you had a lot of the old comedians, and then, of course, way back in Shakespeare, uh, you know, they didn't let female actors uh, on the stage, so all men had to play the female parts, which was really weird. But um, I remember Bugs Bunny, I would say, was the first character that, like, normalized cross-dressing. It just seemed, you know, because he did it all the time. Yeah, it was normal for him. And we didn't question, like, the, the Viking one when he dressed up all gloriously. Yeah, nobody, and nobody ever said that. Did you, th- you ever think about that? And that was back in the times where everyone was super homophobic. And it just didn't, you know, nobody really, uh, nobody really made a big deal about that. Yeah, they probably 
Mm, they might have given him a bye because they wouldn't have wanted to see... I, I just forgot the the hunter's name. They probably didn't want to see him in drag. And they're like, Bugs, you're, you're skinny. Elmer Fudd, yeah. It's like, you're good. Not, not probably wouldn't make a good, you know... But, you know, everyone's got to dress up. You know, everyone gets to be themselves. Is there another one? Yes, we have... We have Wiley Coyote, that new dom who buys all the fancy stuff but doesn't know how to use it. Okay, that's a good one. I like that one. That because the other interpretation is the, is the primal player who loves pervertibles because he does try to make some of his own um, things that usually end up breaking. Wiley Coyote just bought like bad toys on eBay. You know, that's kind of the dom that he was. Which, by the way, I bought a lot of toys on eBay when I first started in the scene and regretted like eighty percent of them, all from Acme. But that 20% was great. Actually, my main pair of floggers that I have had literally for 11 years that I still use actually got those on eBay. And they they are very well, for some reason, it was just a good batch of suede leather in them. They were literally like $25 floggers. And uh, and they actually worked out. Now then, of course, I bought nine other different pairs that, that were absolutely horrible. But uh, every now and again, I guess. That's not a bad shot when you get them, like, depending, like, I used to buy, like, DIY clothing off of eBay from this one vendor. Their stuff is so expensive now, but when I got it, I was like, this is 20 bucks, and these are awesome pants. I love these. And they, like, handcrafted them, so yeah, sometimes every now and again, handmade is great. If Wiley, one day, Wiley's going to get that good toy off of eBay from Acme and fucking smoke the Roadrunner. One day. Didn't happen yet. Yeah, I'm sure there's lots of fan fiction of Wiley actually winning and then tying down that roadrunner. <laughs> that. Hey, we'll have to ask Bunny about that. Mm, yes, crossovers in our section. Yes, do it. Look at that. Look at that. Any more? Um, yeah, uh, we got Yosemite Sam, um, similar to Wiley, but that Dom that comes in with the rolling wardrobe bag of toys. <laughs> I never pictured Alt Anton Anthony as uh, Yosemite Stan, but I, we definitely know the character. Yes, and we will round out with the Tasmanian Devil is that whip flogger dude who doesn't pay attention and hits people by accident. Ah, <laughs> uh, you guys spent some time on these. These came out really good because who the hell hasn't been in a dungeon and seen a Tasmanian Devil flogger? Didn't you? Usually, that's me. Well, I think yours was Taz. It wasn't like you were Taz. Probably, probably. But I have, I've de- I'm the guy that always lets go of a flogger. Like every fifth play scene, I'm going to either rip my glasses off with the flogger or one's going to go flying. And then I have to act real cool, you know, because everyone's <laughs> laughing at me. And there's no way. I mean, it's perfect because the bottom is usually facing the other direction. And then I put my hand, you know, obviously they notice I stop and I, you know, put my hand on them. And very seriously, I'm like, I want you to reflect on what's happening right now. And then I go yes, and I run and deliberate. This was deliberate. And then I go and run and pick up the flogger and make that face to everyone and everyone laughs. And then I come back and, you know, finish kind of a hack. Sometimes. I haven't seen you do that yet. So, yeah. Thanks for oh, lowering my bar of you. It's 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 a uh, it's it's glorious, especially when the glasses fly across the room. You're like, well, can can you grab those for me? I can't see without them. Uh, 
At least you haven't dislocated your knee while flogging. I hold that honor. Yeah, that's right. Wasn't that like last year? Yeah, I was jump jumping around, don't do that, and I dislocated my knee and then reset it, so that ended the scene kind of quickly. Don't do that anymore, Del. No more Tasmanian spinning devil Dorothy Hamill whirling camel play for you. Yeah, I'll save the jumping to my fighting games, thanks. Love to read your letters, hope it never stops. We're gonna read your letters on perverted mailbox. Yeah! 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 I'm trying to think of what Looney Tunes character that sounded like just now, and I think it was Foghorn Leghorn. Uh, I'll say, uh, yeah! No. No. (laughs) All right, I have just one email right now. I mean, I have a lot, you know, ready to go in the hoppa, but I've got one from somebody who wrote to us. Her name is Lisa. And she says, Kathy Boogie and the whole socially distant PP gang. I love that description of us. She says, I have been listening to the show for months now. I was first introduced to you through the Thinking Atheist. Yay! And every week I tell myself, yay, I should write in and tell you all how much I enjoy the show and how much I appreciate the work you do. And I have been chastising myself for not having done this and for not supporting the podcast, especially during such difficult times. I'm fortunate enough to still be working during the lockdown. Good for her. And I take great pleasure in sitting alone in my office and listening to my favorite kinky podcast while I do my work. So I finally became a Patreon member. Woohoo! She is a Patreon supporter. A Patreon supporter. Okay, I won't, I won't go on. She says, um, she goes on to give us some more information that she's recently divorced from her husband of 18 years. He was the only person with whom she'd ever had consensual sex. Uh, when they split, she started to explore her sexuality. Good for her. And she met somebody new. And she says, I had never in my life had a vaginal orgasm, and I found that sex was often not pleasurable and even painful at times. I started feeling like there must be something wrong with me, that I was broken, that I was probably irrevocably damaged by childhood sexual trauma. This is where you, your wonderful podcast comes in. One of the very first episodes I listened to was episode 228, Body Part Chaos, in which you discussed a FetLife post about painful sex. I remember listening to it and feeling so validated because even though I know intellectually that it's very common to experience pain during sex and that it can be caused by a multitude of factors, hearing it said out loud by multiple people allowed me to let go of the blame I had put on myself. I absolutely love hearing about all the sexy, funny, and crazy antics you all get up to, but I really appreciate that you have discussions about serious issues in a way that is accessible and entertaining. And I'm so glad you have been able to keep the podcast going through the quarantine. It has really kept my spirits up. The quality of the show just gets better and better every week. With the help of my partner, I think I finally discovered the power of vaginal orgasm, and I continue to experience them on a regular basis. I don't know if this is the way our anatomy fits together or that my body trusts him enough to relax or a combination of both, but sex with him has never been painful. Thank you so much for sharing yourselves with us and allowing me to live vicariously through all of your kinky stories. You have my permission to use any part of this email in the podcast, including my history of sexual abuse. I trust your judgment, Kathy. I put that last part in because I want people to know I'm not just going to take advantage of your email if you send it to us unless you really give me permission to do so. I mean, that's a lot of personal information she gave us. And I just, I actually had tears in my eyes when I read that. I was just so happy for her, so appreciative that she wrote to us and told us what a difference the show had made to her. And I'm just really 
happy that she is in a place sexually where she can experience vaginal orgasms. I know I can. And I say, good for you, Lisa. Thank you for becoming a Patreon supporter and for writing us to tell us your story. Here, here. Normally, when Kathy reads an entire email, I get very, very uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> I don't know why, I'm but like, edit, yeah. Edit, 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 edit. But, uh, but the story behind that is is very validating, not just to what we do, but to the power of the group support that we have in the Church of Cock. Oh, I knew you were going to bring that up. I freaking knew it. <laughs> Which, by the way, everyone in Patreon was like, yes, Church of Cock. That is absolutely a perfect name. We don't have any problem if you are the Church of Consensual Kink and uh, go nonprofit. But the fact that we are all together with these opinions and that we talk about kind of the vulnerable stuff, it really is so simple that many people that are programmed, including myself at a young age, when I finally started hearing other people talk about the things that I thought, it's only me. It's only me. It's amazing. Seven billion people on this on this planet, and we still think that we're the only one going through that problem because... Yeah. We think about that because no one says it. No one talks about it. That's right. So in any group, whether it's this podcast or Gotham Press podcast in Bakersfield, I just did a jingle for it. I thought, thought I'd throw them a plug. Or <laughs> any of the, you know, Dr. Doe's explanations, any, any of the sex positive shows that are out there empower people because you're hearing about experiences. You're hearing things that you can go, wait a minute, that's me. And just the freedom that comes from that to just know you're not alone is so life-changing because yeah. it just changes your point of view to go, oh, this is actually very normal. I'm actually not afraid. It's the whole kink community. The fact that so many people come into the community and, oh, I'm wrong. I'm evil. Having these desires is bad. I'm sinful. I'm going to hell. All of these things. And then you come around a group of people that are like, no, no, this is pretty much all of us. This right. is normal. <laughs> and some things are a little more rare than others. But in general, if we don't keep talking about it, like so many things that are going on in the world right now, if we don't openly communicate every one of these problems that continues to become a problem and continues to be wrong with the world, most of the time that foundation is in bad communication and misinformation. Yeah. yeah. And it's one of the reasons I, I think the show is so valuable and I like doing it because, yeah, we have a lot of fun and we laugh. But it, in discussing these things and the, the kind of things that if you're lucky, you're just talking about in private, um, quietly to your best friend. In hearing those things spoken out loud on a podcast by several people, it, it destigmatizes them. It takes these taboo subjects out of out of the closet, out of the darkness and, and makes you shine a light on them and deal with them openly. I mean, sure. It's fun to hear you talk about my flapping labia, you know, soaring over the coast of Malibu, but there are other much more important <laughs> things to discuss that are going to empower people and make them walk away from the podcast going great. <laughs> it doesn't mean that your soaring vagina isn't important, <laughs> Kathy, because your vagina needs to fly. Fly vagina. 
fly away, be free, vagina. Be free, free, free. <laughs> uh, that was a great post. Thanks for a uh, great email. Thanks for writing to us. Sometimes you gotta fuck. Put your sexually out of luck. Perverted podcast can help you up your game. So listen up. Hey, Buggy. Kathy. Buggy. Wow. Wow. That was yeah. weird. We just did the switch. What switch? See, you just said my name. Yes, I did. I said, no, I think now you hear it more. Why well, I say boogie all the time. Boogie. Cat. Boogie. Really? That's a lot of that. I think you I guess that's to tune true. Out when it's in that voice. I guess that's true. Okay, Kathy. <laughs> I hear you. Did you know that next week perverted podcast turns five years old? Five long years. <laughs> I have this image in my head of of the count going ah 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 five long years five long years <laughs> <laughs> no groupie sex yet <laughs> we've gotten close Kathy because you know I only set out to do this show to have groupie sex ah uh, yes and let me tell you failed experiment. <laughs> didn't work yeah no 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 it didn't get you that didn't get me well here's the thing i think now i'm gonna be gonna go wild i think we have some listeners that would give said groupie sex but they live in like other continents and stuff yeah that's what's stopping them boogie so it's not it's not my fault it's not that Uh i did not inspire uh-huh. Groupy sex. It's just that logistically they're a little far away, and you know, coronavirus. You don't want to get on a plane right now, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's just it's just safer. Even though you know, five years. Uh, never mind the math. Don't worry about it. Yeah. No, um, no, no. <laughs> but uh, five years. But what we have got in five years? Did you see how my voice just turned into that mushy, emotional? It did. You went over the edge there, Boogie. That sucks. God damn it. But I've been thinking just recently, we've been getting a lot of personal emails. A lot of emails that have been really, you know, because I guess people have a lot more time on their hands. They can reflect more. And just a lot of really nice emails. A lot of emails that people say, I was going through problem A, B, and C. And I listened to your show, and it helped me get through problem A, B, and C. Because I felt that you guys were a part of me and that you supported me. And that I wasn't alone in in this issue because I heard you guys talk about it. Right. And so maybe, you know, it's not groupie sex, but it is a purpose. And if you're not going to get groupie sex or have money, then purpose really really is kind of a key factor of why you don't kill yourself in life. Right. So so it's right up there with groupie sex is what you're saying. I'm not going to go that. You know, I, I'm a pig. I can't, I can't be like, yeah, you know, validating emails, you know, that we're actually helping people. You know, that's good. <laughs> but I'm telling you, there, I've seen some pictures of some of our listeners in, uh, in some various positions of wouldn't it be nice if that groupie sex was available in that moment right you got to stop looking at the at the pictures boogie you're torturing yourself uh, what would be amazing i i don't pervert 
the school pitcher. Do not pervert <laughs> the school pitcher. Those are normal face picks of our listeners, and they inspire me to do that. But I will say I have been recently thinking about a perverted podcast glory hole. Oh, brother. Think about it, Kathy. So this is one of those moments. Are you ready? Boogie, really? Yes. Yes. <laughs> really. Like, get, um, you know, just a bunch of our perverted podcast listeners behind a wall. And then I just kind of come in and I stick my dick through it. And like all the, you know, I get just, you know. No? no not so boogie. much? No, no. What no, if it I was you? You know, what if oh. you, could, you could back your ass up to that? And uh-huh, like uh-huh. all the all the guys could fuck you. Would they wear condoms? Yeah, it's a fantasy, Kathy. Nobody oh, has oh, an STI. Oh, this is fantasy land. No STIs, no impregnation. Got no, it. Okay. No, you can literally just have a hole. Your ass fits through it, and uh, you know, and they just just all the dudes and whatever chicks want to wear a strap on, and they just fuck your brains out. <gasps> Yes, but first in line would have to be with strap-ons, Kathy Bates and my Michelle. They have to be listener. Oh, my Michelle. Okay, sure. <laughs> hey, you never know. Kathy Bates could be a listener. She could. That would be that would be <laughs> incredible. Can you imagine notice, she would be listening to the show going, "Hey, don't out me, man." Notice notice she has not written a letter. No, that's true. <laughs> Kathy Bates has not written us a letter. But wouldn't We're that get- be awesome to just be fucked by all your listeners? That would be kind of cool. Like you and I uh, have separate glory holes set up, and at the end we could do like a total high five and go, "We got fucked by all our listeners. We That's fucked what... or got fucked by all our listeners." That's what. No, we have to have you know like a side partition in between us, and then we have a hand like our own glory hole hand, just so we could keep high fiving, <laughs> just our hands every time, just through the hole in the middle. We can't see each other's face. This fantasy is getting way out of control. <laughs> but we just high five every time someone fucks you. You're all yeah, bitch, and I'm like yeah, get it. Kathy! And then I'm kind of like, and then I reach through. I just realized I'd have to be turned the other way. Yeah, I think I think I you you turn this fantasy into the the realm of not going to be masturbating to it anytime soon. Perverted podcast glory hole. Fine, take me out of the glory (laughs) hole. Okay, but they have. You see, they have um, they have glory holes that aren't just glory holes for blowjobs. They have glory holes that literally half the person fits through. So all that's ah. sticking out, like either they're standing on the the ground and then they're bent through the wall, through a hole in the wall, and then there's a pad, you know, that they can comfortably lay over and then guys come up and fuck them through that. Or just their legs come out and their waist and then uh, the hole stops at their tummy and then you right. can't see the person there and then you go up and just, you know, fuck it like a, you know, half torso coming out of the wall. Right, like the whore that you are. Yeah, like you could be that. Drunk ass fucking suck! Hey baby, I want to dick my face on your tits. You wanna? Stay on guard when you're out at the club! Yeah, let's do an end show. Okay, you ready? <laughs> what was that? Yay! What the hell was that? <laughs> you sound like that's the end of the show cheer okay wait wait wait, no no i'll do the real end of show cheer fine here yay that's show 261 
Uh, that's 261 down, and you know, if I had a, you know what, Boogie, if I had like a, a time traveling DeLorean, I'd totally be able to go into the future, see how many more shows we have going, and then I could actually say that's 261 down and 27 more shows, people. That's, you know what, that's how long before Boogie and I die in a fiery crash on some ill-conceived road trip. So get it while the getting's good. But we're not. Now that you've seen the future, we're just going to step to the side and alter it. We're going to just step on the butterfly? Yes. I'm going to step. I'm going to fuck that butterfly. I'm going to shove it in my goddamn urethra and shoot it right in that Tyrannosaurus's mouth. Butterfly alone. Okay, instead I I'll change just say everything. This- you know what I would do? You know what I would do, Kathy? <laughs> I would get in a rocket ship and I would fly 65 million years ago, and I would have a big jet booster that that worked in space somehow. Don't don't ask me the physics. That's you know Neil uh-huh. deGrasse Tyson. That's his Doctor Keku shit. Okay. So uh-huh. and then I would go up to the meteor that was going to slam into the Yucatan Peninsula and wipe out all the dinosaurs thus giving way for us and I would put that booster on and I would shut like 10 billion trillion miles away I would boost that thing a quarter inch to the right and then earth would be clean and the oceans would be clean I would literally just wipe out I would just not have humanity exist or something would evolve maybe an intelligent life would evolve that would be less destructive quarter inch Kathy if that fucking meteor was a quarter inch off its trajectory a trillion miles ago it would have sailed right past earth dinosaurs would have stayed we wouldn't have evolved and we'd be like giant weird possum horny creatures or something oh my god I think a meteor needs to come down and hit you because take you out of your misery why would you want to do that to the entire planet because we're a virus I mean, I like being here, and we're here, but if I didn't know, I wouldn't know. So if for the benefit of the bigger picture of biodiversity, wouldn't it be better to just kind of shove that thing out of the way, and then it'd be plants and trees and beauty and, you know, lots of different species, and we've wiped out all of that shit. You know, all another right. 200 you know years, what? it's all gone. What? This is not how we end the show. <laughs> it's not? <laughs> Instead, you know what? I'm going to say... Visit us on Patreon.com forward slash perverted podcast and lend us your support. Five bucks is a measly latte, people. Get it together. I mean, you know what? Write to us at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com and visit us, Perverted Podcast, on FetLife. And that's all I got, Boogie. Kathy, wow, we're not taking out the planet by going in your fancy DeLorean and pushing <laughs> meteors out of the way. We are here. Fancy. And the fact that we are here means that we have to do something about our existence and try to make people better so we'll be nicer to everything around us and have a better experience as a human. So that way when the aliens come back and show us this is all a video game and, you know, we can all have better working penises. Uh-huh. And your that's vagina. What it all comes down to. And a that's better it. working vagina, yes. I that's right. So this like literally you can just look at someone and go blah, 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 and that's it, man. You're fucking super explosive flying over the Malibu Cliffs orgasm. <laughs> I'll take that future. Creative exploder inside your vagina <laughs> flying off. Flap 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 flutter 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 flutter. Just in a massive, great orgasm into oblivion. Thank you. I'd be happy to go out like that. Thank you, Perverted Podcast. 
for giving us the platform to abuse you with. Everybody's got a kink. You might have two or three, I think. Uh, I enjoy it when you scream. There is no need to be discreet. Uh, Well, you can't play with a china doll, so what's the fun in that? Why stop with just one flavor when there's more that you can get? And if you want to be a bore in bed, you cannot be my pet. Cause I say death to vanilla sex. I can pierce this needle through your flesh. You get so high and sing. Ah, Dancing with my floggers, I create my sweetest symphony on you. Well, you can't play with the China dolls, so what's the fun in that? What's the fun in Why that? stop with just one flavor when there's more that you can get? And if you want to be a whore in bed, you cannot be my pet, cause I say death. When I was a boy, I had a dream. I climbed a mountain of toys. From up above, I heard a voice saying, Look around. Here is a world so filled with wondrous things. Never deny your right to try them, it will set you free. Cause only a fool ignores the treasures that life sets right at your feet. I pour hot wax on your breasts, you purr like a naughty kitten. Sex with the selection builds a much deeper connection. So true. You can't play with the China dolls. So what's the fun in that? Why stop with just one flavor when there's more that you can get? And if you want to be a bore in bed, you cannot be my pet. Cause I say death. To vanilla death, to vanilla death, to vanilla sex. Death to vanilla sex, death to vanilla sex.